podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Nick. And this is... Who Got The Assist? Oh, it's a goal. Who Got The Assist? Who Got The Assist? Hello, so we're out of the first five game weeks, Nick and FPL, and things keep twisting and turning faster than in the romantic sitcom. The legendary Kun and his sidekick Silver have forced their way into consideration once more, and of course people like me to wildcard. But first, Nick, how you doing? Well, Tom, I'm a bit upset, to be honest, <laughs> but you know, whenever I'm sad, I just try to switch to being awesome again, and I do that by... Wait, you don't want to hear about that, you want to hear about us talk about FPL. So that's what we're going to do. That's right, Nick. We are Who Got The Assist. Find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL and online at whogottheassist.com. In this pod, we'll run through this game week's key talking points, update you guys on the Antimus Darksiders team, look at market forces, digress into some psychology before finally taking our community questions. And a little bit of non-watch as well for yeah. the five minutes he uh, made an appearance. That's true, that's true. I guess we need to do get that in. Uh, Sounds good. Anyway, so how was your uh, game week five? Well, um... It's one of those game weeks where if I could look at it as a person, it would get a you're dead to me look from me. It was just so, you know, I got 46 points. I was expecting a lot more. And again, it was a week where apart from Lukaku, nobody in my team gave me anything, uh, uh, no no assists, nothing like that. It was just clean sheets and Lukaku. And uh, I've wildcarded, Nick. I've, I've gone for it. Excellent. Just trying to get rid of it. I'm now in 2.25 million which is the lowest I think I've ever been on FPL while I've been playing seriously. Uh, it's, it's just not gone well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's inevitable, isn't it? It's time when to record your team to everyone. Oh. It just all goes down the pot after years of uh, yeah. success. Well, to be honest, I didn't do much better than you this week. I, I got 47, so just, just one more than you. Um, I had a really good week the previous, but this week just, just sent me crashing back down. So I'm back down to about 1.4 million in the world, which isn't oh, very good. No. So yeah, you know, like Lukaku and um, Solo was probably the saving graces in my team, but I had a few disasters with my defenders not even turning up. Jack Stevens and Ben Davies. Oh yeah, Davies. you were down to 10 men, weren't you? So yeah, only 10 men played, which oh. uh, wasn't great. And one of them was Chalabar because he came in for one of them. So <laughs> oh, excellent. That's so exactly yeah, not, exactly not great, Tom, not great. So yeah, I mean, I, I've wildcarded Nick, as I've said, and uh, I, I think that, you know, the tipping point really was covering City, um, and that result, that performance, really placed me five transfers behind where I kind of felt like I wanted to be, because I wanted class natural already, and I'd been talking to you about, you know, moving, moving Fraser for Atsu and doing that kind of move around, right? But the City demolition of Watford made me think you know what I need he's a sort of Jesus or Kun which then made me think oh yeah Walker he looks quite good and I still had Fraser to deal with and still had Sutner who was dropping I don't think he's dropped yet but he was dropping to deal with and it, it just felt like there was too much for me uh, to to deal with it just kind of face so I thought I'd just turn it around now and take advantage of the uh, turn of the fixtures okay so do you want to talk us through your new team yeah, uh, it's, it's not uh, finished yet, obviously. <laughs> I think there'll be a few uh, permutations over yeah, the course. Yeah, a bit of tinkering, I bit, think, uh, is going to uh, happen. A little bit of tinkering, especially, uh, but not during working hours, of course, if, if my boss is listening to me. But um, I've gone 4 3 3. You'll be pleased to hear, Nick. Uh, out has. Following been... suit, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so in has come the, the heavy back line of Alonso. I've got the 4.0 keeper, sorry. Uh, Alonso, Kolasinac, and Walker. 
Um, I've still issued Bavis for better or for worse. And I've got Carl Norton as a 4.5 to kind of play a decent fixture until game week 13, yeah, I think. Yeah, Swansea have some great fixtures coming up. Yeah, and Bemba's the 4.0, who looks like he's playing after a miraculous recovery <laughs> this weekend. Uh, in the middle, uh, Richie, who's going a bit unnoticed under the radar um, because of gross. Um, got two assists, four assists in, in three games, was pretty good. Uh, Salah and Mickey, who's covering Lukaku, who's not in my team. Anyway, sorry, the 2.4.5s are RLC and Chaloba. And I've got Kane, Jesus, and Vardy up top. Okay. A couple of permutations here. So I could have uh, Siggy, Kun, and Firmino for Jesus, Vardy, and Salah. But I think that that's quite a nice 4 3 3, which I can kind of set. And for the next kind of 5 10 fixtures, I can just leave it effectively. That's interesting you went for Vardy over Firmino. I had a look at Vardy's stats actually. And we'll get onto that a little bit later when we discuss the Leicester game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so for my team, I've already made a move as well actually. I bought Kalasinac in for Arsenal's uh, great run of fixtures. Yeah. So um, I swapped out Jack Stevens, who didn't play, he was falling to 4.9. Um, um, I only yeah. had one million in the bank, so I could do a straight swap um, Stevens to Klasnach without taking a yeah. hit. Yeah, you're not, not didn't observe the Charlie Austin rule though. There, no, I didn't. <laughs> but I thought, you know what, Stevens has to go. He didn't play this yeah. week because of Hopes coming in, and there's also Van Dijk uh, made an appearance as well. Yeah. So Stevens' days in the first team are definitely numbered, and I had a straight swap, one point zero. And I think with the Austin law as well, like in terms of the League Cup, I'm not as concerned about injuries because. A lot of the teams re- um, really don't care about the League Cup. They end up playing the B teams anyway. So you, yeah. you'll see a lot of your key men rested. I doubt that like Lukaku, for instance, will be playing or Kane or anyone like that. I don't even know if they've actually got games this week. Yeah, um, yeah maybe. Yeah, maybe not. I, um, I don't know. Or like Ramsey, Salah. I think it'll be, they'll be playing the B teams. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we're not going to. I don't think we're going to dwell too much on my wild cards. We want to talk about kind of stuff that's for everybody. But this is totally going in the blog. Um, so definitely look, look at the blog for, for kind of more yeah. stuff about my wild, wild cards. And you've written an article in the summer anyway about how you're going to wild card in, in game. game week six. Yeah. So you're, you're doing exactly what you said you yeah, were going yeah, to de- do. Yeah, so. def- yeah, definitely. There weren't, definitely aren't a lot of tweets saying I'm going to hold on to it now. I'm definitely always planning to do this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm blaming Nick for every tweet that ever went out saying I'm not wild carding in game week okay. six. Okay. Well, I think I'm still going to wait until the next international break to wildcard myself yeah. I'm taking a bit of a gamble actually because I still don't have any Manchester City coverage and, oh. and uh, that's a bit dangerous obviously they've got Crystal Palace who haven't scored yet next so yeah, you'd like to you, think with, I mean I think so. they've got Woy at the helm now haven't they mm-hmm. so you know he might shore things up it might be a bit more of a turgid game as opposed to Frank De Boer trying to play free-flowing football with yeah, Crystal Palace exactly. so I'd like to see um, get a tough game for Manchester City but we'll have to we'll, yeah, have, we'll to have to see it. I mean we can talk about that City game first to go into the fixtures if that's alright yep, I mean sure. that, that 6-0 again as I said earlier they served notice on us didn't they I mean the, the, the meta the template had been roundly ignoring City you know Pep the rotation well, Sergio Aguero, like a couple of seasons ago, if you didn't have him and he got a hat-trick and an assist, you'd have been absolutely punished. Mm. But just like the majority of people weren't covering him. I think Jesus was the sort of the city player mm. to own in general. Like yeah, a lot of people had, so season, he only got yeah. a small... We um, only got a goal. Yeah, yeah he only six got points, a, yeah. Yeah, six points, <laughs> so not a big return. But they were looking pretty slick. I mean, Silver's back up to 88.3 uh, pair of assists. And he's actually doing what we thought KDB would be doing. You know, like lacing it all together, pulling the strings and getting those FPL points. But I mean, Silver is someone I looked at last week, actually, as I was thinking about getting City coverage. And he's actually um, created more chances than any other player now with 17. 
got an 11 pointer so I think he does offer a cheaper way into the City attack if you're looking at your team and you're thinking how the hell can I get a City player in I'm not going to change my front line you know you're relying on Lukaku and Kane and you've got your other midfield assets like Mkhitaryan in there and you're thinking who the hell can I bring in for City yeah. maybe David Silva is an option yeah yeah I he hasn't so. really been an FPL option for about a number of years now but he Between, seems to be um, you know making an appearance well that's it 8.3 as well I mean that's Mkhitaryan level isn't it and we definitely saw in the Market Forces article in FFS this week that a lot of people were doing a swap from Pogba to, to David Silva and got an immediate return definitely I mean <laughs> a lot of people did Pogba to Mkhitaryan or Pogba to Silva we unfortunately I think well I did I went for Pogba for Ali and <laughs> Ali Ali let me down there yeah I mean I, I think the my remaining question this week is Kun versus Jesus, uh, Jesus, and I think this will come up a fair bit. It's really close, but the legendary Argentine does seem to be shading it in a couple of places. One is touched in the box, and two, funnily enough, is creativity. So um, Pep was castigating Kun for not being creative enough and not getting involved enough. This season, he's created the chance every 31 minutes so far, compared to Jesus, creating one only 101 every 160 minutes. So if I was if I was Pep, I'd, you know, I'd be throwing a tantrum about uh, Jesus, not about Kun's creative stats um, so I, I just don't the, the, the 1.0 is tough though, yeah right? that's fair enough and you might have to have an in- intervention at some point with me if I if I don't bring a City player in sometime soon yeah. but i just like to talk because you're dropping Lukaku and getting Jesus in as you said but I was just um, I was looking at some like underlying numbers for Lukaku Jesus and Kun and it is quite interesting because I think You've got to worry about Pep's um, propensity to rotate because this should yeah, this yeah. should remain a concern for of course people is, with yeah. Manchester City players. So Jesus in total has played 327 minutes um, so far this season, which is 65 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, Kern has played 377 minutes, which is um, 75 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Lukaku, in comparison, has played every minute so yeah. far. So um, Jesus is um, he's had 21.8 minutes per chance. Kern has had 22.2 minutes per chance. And Lukaku is at 18.8 minutes per chance. But if you actually play that against the minutes played, that means that Lukaku has 4.7 chances a game, Kun only has 3.37 chances a game, and Jesus only 2.9 chances a game. So if you compare those numbers, it still looks like Lukaku has more chances. It's scary, isn't it? It's it's just, for me, it's not what Kaku isn't doing. It's just what the others seem to be offering, which is just that... It's like a win-more condition where if they start scoring, they seem to keep scoring. Whereas with United, what we've been seeing is that it's only the goals that come through in the last kind of 10, 15 minutes of games. Like Mourinho always likes to sit on, get an early lead, sit on it. And then at the end, they seem to be getting rewarded. Um, but I wonder if they are going to start hunkering down and maybe it'll be the case that Kane and he's at Jesus slash Kun will be the ones who will be scoring kind of explosively and consistently whereas Kaku might be, you know, a Costa, scores one goal a game kind of fella. Should we have a quick uh, talk about the Manchester United-Everton yeah, game? Yeah, we can So do that. it was another 4-0 for Manchester United. But like you said, all the goals came at the death again for Manchester United. So it's like they wear these teams down and then eventually, you know, well, the goals just come come a plum when the, um, the likes of Martial come on and, you know, he brings yeah. on a lot of, like... Oh. 
speed and you know and by then all the Everton players or the opponent players are absolutely knackered I mean Koeman as well made a rob for his own back a bit because he removed Tom Davis who who was doing pretty pretty well and removed um, Gay who seems to be quite strong at winning the ball yeah, tackles he's, interceptions he's, he's like on the same so level so he as went Kante. to try and get the equaliser and it just didn't pay off yeah him. exactly I think, I think that that's what the team uh, the team covered I, I think it's once Morales came on that was when it all <laughs> yeah. came to pass. that's when it all goes wrong I had Morales in my team last year when I won Carded, so maybe there's some, was, kind of, yeah. some kind of similarities here. But I mean, the other thing that happened in that game, of course, was uh, Mickey's Mickey scoring uh, with, with a Kaku assist. Is there an understanding growing there? It, I mean, it's, it's the ownership again, which is getting quite big, especially with Pogba now not being a factor. Yeah, Mickey's attracted so many new owners. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, he is joint um, with Silver actually for 17 chances created, okay. so he's top of the um, the assist potential chart. So um, he's something. He's someone who's also not in my team because yeah. I, obviously I had Pogba. I didn't get Mkhitaryan in. So I think I, even though I had Lukaku, I still got punished in that game. Um, interesting point was the fact that Lukaku doesn't seem to be on penalties. No, supposedly no one matters. It was, it was one matter, wasn't it? And, and then Mourinho said that he lets the players decide who's going to take the penalty. Mm. So I think that might be that might be another drawback. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a very 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 marginal call on all fronts it's just because I'm in such a bad position just to talk about Kaku one last time that I need to have players who aren't Kaku scoring so people who do have Kaku get whatever Kaku gets but I hope that my players my differentials my lower owned assets get points which match or better Kaku because at the end of the day this week again I found that when Kaku scored it was hygiene it meant nothing it was basically a zero because everybody else had Kaku getting that assist everyone else had Kaku getting that goal and you only got extra points from captaining him which not very many people that we know did because of the Kane fixture so Everton do you have any Everton players no, now in your wildcard team no I, I, I've got a permutation with Siggy um, he's down to 8.3 um, I mean he looks like a tasty enabler we've looked at uh, Mickey as well as being like a provision of, provider of assists and Siggy can obviously fill that role for Everton the problem is, is that with Rooney kind of being around that number 10 spot that's where Siggy needs to be. We saw last year he was ineffectual for Swansea when he was on the wing. and He only did well when Clement moved him into the middle behind Lorente. Um, at the moment, I'm probably going to go without Everton, despite the strong fixtures of uh, Bournemouth, Burnley yeah, and then Brighton. Brighton, yeah. yeah. And that, of course, that Burnley game is no longer looking like a walk in the park either. Yeah, I mean, Everton have had a really tough opening run of fixtures, but their form is just absolutely diabolical at the moment Sandro Ramirez Rooney they don't look like good Lukaku replacements so they no. don't really have any sort of attacking presence at the moment the defence seems to be struggling as well despite um, yeah. bringing in uh, Michael Keane and Jordan Pickford yeah. otherwise you'd look at those guys for potential clean sheets but their price I looked at their prices as well and they're still up at 5.5 you can't you can't think no, about bringing I, I, in the I, likes of um, Williams or Keane for 5.4 or Baines as well he's 6.0 so at the end of the day you've got an awkwardly priced team with not much form and it does sound like kind of those fertile conditions for somebody to get them in and someone to kill it um, by doing that but at the same time you know I'm going to shy away from Everton for now yeah and I don't think Holgate's necessarily nailed either he's the cheap one in the defence with Coleman being out but there's um, Kuko Martina that there's potential rotation with yeah so. he played didn't he this weekend yeah so that's definitely in there I mean we just mentioned it a minute ago Nick but should we go move on to Liverpool Burnley yes um, because I mean that Burnley defence looks very obstinate and and the Pope keeps saving I mean that that was a, a solid performance by Nick Pope I mean that that really kept out 35 shots for Liverpool um, of which but my man Firmino 
Mm-hmm. Only got two shots. Only two shots of the 35. That's really concerning, especially when he was not playing in the center, uh, central striking role. He was playing on the wing, trying to be more creative. And it just seems like I'm, I'm worried about that, and I think I might take him out for Salah. Okay, yeah, I mean, Firmino has looked pretty ineffectual the last couple of game weeks, and I'm quite pleased because I haven't brought him in. I was thinking about bringing him in, but Salah seems to be the man that's delivering um, for me. You know, I mean, Salah has 13 shots now on target, 19 in total. He looks like the Liverpool asset to own. He's, he's had more shots on target than any other player, actually. Yeah, so, he's, getting, he's, so. he's getting into position. I think we've highlighted a few times, haven't we, that shot on target mm-hmm. stat. He does know where the goal is, even if his shots at goal aren't that great. It's like on FIFA when you press square. Yeah, you down hard he enough. takes it round <laughs> the defence and then hits it straight at the keeper. But at least he's kind of getting into the right positions and opening up the right opportunities. Yeah, And I think he's um, definitely one to one to own and probably the best Liverpool asset to own over Firmino at this moment in time um, the other guy I'd like to quickly talk about is uh, Phil Coutinho so he's back now mm. um, he's now he's down to 8.8 so he's slightly cheaper he he's is. a falling star he only played 78 minutes but he actually managed uh, 7 attempts in the game um, only one was actually in the box and none of them were on target but <laughs> yeah. he's, he's getting there he's, his, usual, his usual pot shot routine where he just takes piles of long shots and yeah, then I mean, hopes I one goes in as an asset it's not someone I'm actually personally thinking about bringing in I think he's playing a little bit too deep yeah, for his yeah. price as well we saw even with Mane out he's not part of the front three we saw that end of last season as well that he was being played in that <clears throat> central position as an advanced playmaker in football, managers, in football manager parlance I think that that seems to be what he's doing now again yeah, but he's definitely one to keep your eye on yeah. for the moment. There's a differential as well because no one will be owning him. So if you had Coutinho in and he scored, you might be able to climb in a number <laughs> of places. But yeah, um, yeah, not necessarily someone to think about. What about Brady as well? He's a, I think he's a bit of a cross machine. He's, a, he's yes. had 39 in total um, wow. so far this season. I'm not surprised by that because behind him you've got the entire back four for Burnley. We saw last year with Heaton getting all the bonus points. It was because all they do is just whack it away. It's no nonsense defending. So you can see why the creative outlet, which is Brady, and he did that for Norwich as well, didn't he, a couple yeah. of years ago? Like you can see why the creative outlet of Brady is getting so much prominence in that team. I mean, the 39 crosses are staggering, really. Yeah, and when you've got like a big guy like Chris Wood who can get on the end of those crosses, I'm not looking at these guys, but they are cheap. And if yeah. Burnley can start scoring or if they've got a good fixture run coming up, yeah. I don't think... They've got Huddersfield next, so you know that's a reasonable fixture. Yeah, but um, long term, maybe not the man to own as your fourth midfielder. I don't know; he's an option. I think Richie's yeah. your guy, isn't he? Should we have a quick yeah. chat about that Newcastle game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where he got a pair of assists again. They kind of corner, uh, there were corners and crosses, but he really is flying on the radar, and I think that's because Christian, uh, not Christian Grace, Pascal Grace. Uh, has been doing so well the last couple of game weeks, but he's got four uh, four assists in three games, um, looking looking like he is going to do what I thought he'd do in preseason and be that kind of Siggy light character for Newcastle. A five point nine, I think that's pretty nice. Um, of, of course, we saw Lascelles scoring again, but I think the interest in him is going to be a bit saturated because of Mbemba and because of Elliot being so cheap that people won't be doubling up on Newcastle assets at the back. Possibly not. I mean, Atsu, he's a very cheap asset that scored. Mm. I think Newcastle, they're full of cheap assets. Hosselu, he's someone I'm looking at, actually, because yeah. I've got... 
I've got J-Rod still sitting in my uh, team, yeah. you know, <laughs> doing it. absolutely nothing. Hossolu um, is cheap as I could do a straight swap, but it'd, yeah. it'd now be a nine, minus four, so I'm not yeah, necessarily going to do J- it. J-Rod but, was a major error, wasn't it? A major, major error, ma- yeah. Major error. But, um, <laughs> the other major error that I made in, major that, error. <laughs> in that game week was um, Rob Elliott. So I played Rob Elliott instead of Ben Foster. Mm-hmm. Actually only ended up being two points um, lost from that move. Mm. But it's just, um, it's just, my, just one of those game weeks, to be honest, because... With my Southampton defender not playing, I missed the Southampton clean sheet. With the Spurs yeah. defender not playing, I missed the Spurs clean sheet. And with my West Brom goalkeeper not playing, I missed the West Brom uh, clean sheet. But so, did you see? Um, did you see that tackle that Foster made? I thought he was going to go for that. I mean, he somehow stayed it? on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the other thing, I guess, from the other side of that game, uh, Chupo Moting yep. jo- joins a rogues list of characters who have uh, looked generally good. They've come in. Had one good game and then after that kind of fallen from prominence. Uh, I think it started with Shaka actually. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, there did, seems yeah. to be a five point five man every game week who kind of emerges, gets the points, but then never gets points again. And I mean Gross has broken the trend by doing it two weeks in a row. Yeah. But um should we just quickly talk about Brighton or what would you like to move on yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, we can, yeah, we can do that. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I had a bit of a boo-boo before this game, Nick. I okayed Sutner and thought, the, thought better of it and tried to change it back to Fraser. Unfortunately, I did this at one minute to the deadline and for whatever reason, my phone app didn't go through. So I, I played Sutner. Not that it really mattered in the end. It was a 2-1. Fraser did bugger all. But I was obviously spent the whole game petrified, hoping that uh, I wouldn't be punished. But um, you know, your man Solly March, someone you were thinking about bringing him in as well. He scored. Yeah. He's only um, five point zero, and he, he looks like a potential option as a cut price midfield asset. There's also there's also Knockart, and you know, like because obviously Gross seems to be the the main man that people are bringing in now. Yeah. But he's um he's up back up to. 5.5 might be rising to 5.6 now. Knock? Uh, no, gross. Oh, gross, yeah. yeah. Gross, I mean, he is 5.6 um, now, yeah. Yeah, so gross um, has only actually managed um, four shots and two on target all yes, season. So yes. he's not really that attacking. Compared to March, who's at 5.0, and Knockart 5.9, they've both had seven shots, three on target. So I think Knockart is potentially someone who's going to be scoring soon. He's someone I talked about at the beginning of the season. Yeah, Didn't yeah, get yeah, him in because hasn't of injuries. Quite but you know, I think he's going to be breaking his duck quite soon. Yeah, fun fact. Yep, yeah. Pascal Gross has been involved in every Brighton goal so far this season. They've scored four goals. He's scored two and assisted two. Well, that's the thing. Gross is um, very much a chance creator because he's um, had eleven chances created compared to March six, Knockhart's only five. Yeah, so. ninety-nine chances in the Bundesliga last season. Yeah, the most in the Bundesliga yeah, for a relegated team. Um, I think, um, yeah, in terms of Bournemouth, I, he looked quite dangerous when he came on um, yeah. in the place of uh, the ineffective Fraser. <laughs> yeah. the, Scot- the Scottish messy, dear me. What, 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 what a terrible decision that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, what, what can you do? The numbers in front of you, you've got to look at the numbers and it on this occasion didn't work out. But it could be that, you know, gross, you've got knocker, knocker, however you pronounce it, and... Uh, Solly, Solly March and Solly March being the kind of a freeway belt in that particular Brighton team for being the key asset. Who knows? Who knows? I think it might be it might be Knocker who comes out as being the top man in the end. Perhaps. Okay, shall we move on to uh, your lot, Spurs and Swansea? Oh, do, we, do we have to talk about this game? Yeah, I noticed that you were you were tiptoeing around it. Um, what was going through your mind when you saw the team sheet? 
No, no babies. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, God. How was your immediate environment affected by, by his feeling? I was smashed plane. I was just like, I was just feeling depressed before the game even started. Yeah. And I just sunk into even more major depression, <laughs> major depression. <laughs> as yeah. the game continued. Yeah, yeah I can imagine that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Fabianski, eight saves. Um, I mean, it, it, some of the numbers are just mad. Uh, they had 26 shots against Swansea, 75% of the uh, possession, and um, 40% of the game was played in Swansea's penalty area. 40% of the game. Yeah, the, it, I mean, Swansea just kind of parked the bus, didn't they? It's one of those things that beggars belief. I mean, I because of how bad it's been with captains so far, I put on the sensory deprivator 5,000 in that I just was playing uh, Destiny the whole time just couldn't I couldn't keep an eye on it just, I didn't want yeah. to I didn't want to know that I just I, and, and then when I got back to it I think um, I, like when I knew it was full time I uh, refreshed my live score and it was nil nil and I was like oh it's broken it must not be working and it's just like oh yeah. my god nil nil no, as soon as I saw Pox and Team Sheet I gave him the you're dead to me look I just I, I just couldn't be bothered and the, the captain Kane he, he didn't do anything yeah, either son of a bitch I've just had a shocking time already with, um, with captains this season I think every time I pick the wrong captain whether it's Lukaku and he misses a penalty whether it's Kane against Newcastle gets a yellow card and the I know. Just, it's just been diabolical and, and I think the Spurs the Wembley hoodoo comes into play in conversation again I guess you know yeah exactly when you've got Huddersfield next isn't it not Huddersfield no it's um, it's West Ham West away. Ham away sorry Ben Huddersfield away yeah yeah so the two two good fixtures in short order for Harry Kane he's oh, got to start delivering away from home you must be thinking well well supposedly he plays better on smaller um, smaller stadiums that's the kind of the chat that's going around yeah. where there's much truth to it I don't know but that seems to be the the theory that's quite popular at the moment I mean hopefully babies he'll come back into the team next game week he's still the highest in defenders for chances created with 13 you know so he's still he's still actually rising in value which makes me pleased because, yeah exactly um, I think people must be expecting him to be back I mean uh, also rising in value is uh, Kolasinac from Arsenal who we've both kind of brought in now uh, that nil-nil with Chelsea uh, I think we looked very solid I thought uh, Mustafi definitely had Morata in his pocket the whole game um, I think this is a good example Arsene of what happens if you play players in the positions that they're specialists in um, <laughs> we tend to do okay um, you've got to give Arsene some credit though the defending was good and he is often kind of uh, tarred with the brush of being not really that interested in defence and in this in this case he's done pretty well and I saw a good stat actually um, the, earlier on that over the last 100 games Wenger has got the same amount of points as po- uh, Pochettino 197 points which is more than Mourinho 188 points and more than Klopp 171 points that doesn't surprise me so over the last 100 actually, games yeah. he's actually done better than, than Mourinho and Klopp who aren't taking the thought, same level of flack as I'd Wenger I'd have thought Pock would have been top actually Based well, it's on, I suppose it's yeah, 100 yeah 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 I mean I mean, in that game looks an absolute tank you've got West Brom uh, Brighton and Watford uh, up next but did you see that tackle with David Luiz like Luiz went for the man knew what he was doing was clearly annoyed and Klasnach just got up as if nothing had happened really after, after yeah. a while of course and he, he looks a real outlet for us versus Alonso definitely um, I mean I've got Klasnach in now so I'm actually doubled up with the Gooners I've got Ramsey still in my midfield yeah. I'll try to get rid of him a couple of game weeks ago but you know I'm relatively happy with him now coming into this good um, fixture run for Arsenal because he seems to be one of the most um, attacking outlets um, for um, Arsenal I mean Alonso he, he got a clean sheet didn't he so um, he's still uh, leading the way in defenders in terms of uh, 11 shots in total 4 on target mm. and I think at 7.1 I still would recommend him to manage
managers. Yeah, I'm keeping him. Um, I just the run for Chelsea. I think after game week eight just becomes absolutely ridiculous as well. Yeah, I mean, I did some a quick comparison actually um, of Alonso compared to the sort of the magnificent seven uh, seven point zero midfielders to to see how he's uh, faring up in terms of underlying stats. Cool. And um, he's actually so comparing him against all um, seven point zero midfielders, he's actually joint top with four shots on targets alongside um, my man Aaron Ramsey as well. And Aaron Ramsey is also matching him for shots with 11, but it's ahead of all the other 7.0 midfielders, the likes of William Fabregas, uh, Juan Mata, and um, a few of the West Ham guys, and, and Zaha, but he's injured as well. Well, but that was your theory at the start of the season, wasn't it? Which is now being proven to be true, that you've got these guys in the middle, the mid- mid-range midfielders, who are um, not as good in terms of the output they can offer as the, the premium defender. Exactly, because Alonso's matching them, or actually better than them, for attacking stats. Plus, he also gets those clean sheet points. I mean, Alonso's had 15 touches in the penalty box, which is joint with William and Mata, but more than everyone else. And um, he's also clearly got the faith of Conte because he's played every minute of the season so far. Yeah, yeah I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't say anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, linked to that, there is a new, uh, a, a new fullback who's uh, come onto the radar in, uh, in Kieran Gibbs. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, that uh, has meant that one of our key men has, uh, has, has gone to the bench. Um, but I mean, that West Brom, West Ham game, uh, 37% the possession again. For, uh, for West Brom just gave it to West Ham and to try to break us down lads you're not going to do it um, Chikorito uh, one touch in the box wasn't getting the service it was all about Andy Carroll they're hoofing it up and you, if you've got defenders like James Collins you've got defenders like Winston Reid what are they are going to do they're going to hoof it up to the big man yeah I mean West Brom only managed one shot and target all game and I think that was how Robson Carr knew right at the end so yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. the best game I mean like it was also frustrating for me obviously with the clean sheet for West Brom mm. Because it was another time where everyone seems to have a West Brom defender like Higazi or Dawson or Foster and I was just left in the lurch without anyone. I think what was noticeable the most about this game, like looking back on it and reading the match report, was that the entire match report, apart from three lines, was devoted to Gareth Barry's uh, record-equaling appearances. that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Which says it all about the quality of the football. Anyone mentioned anyone, um, any non-watching going on. Exactly. I was was hoping for Dawson to give me a salutary kind of goal as a goodbye, but that was it. You got some points from him. Yeah, he did. I mean, what do you think I should do about J-Rod? Do you think it's worth a hit? I mean, there's not much I can do in terms of value and options. There's Hosselu and there's um, Abraham, and those are the two that <sighs> well, I was I mean, looking at. Swansea's fixtures over the next 10, I think, are looking pretty good. I mean, you've got Watford at home, uh, West Ham away, Huddersfield at home, Leicester at home. But if I'm going to wildcard in game week eight, Tom, surely um, I should just hold J-Rod for the Arsenal away. Then he's got Watford at home. He could do something in this wildcard time, and I can get... Abraham in for Huddersfield. Probably yeah. Jay Rod. I might have to swallow a fall. He's Another he looks one. like he's gonna fall to five point eight if it's not by the end of this game week and if definitely blanks against Arsenal will probably be um by the time of wild cards. Yeah. Hopefully not five point seven. But if I can swap someone out for him, I'm looking good for team value actually. I'm now up to hundred point seven because yeah. I've been very careful with money management yeah. you know like like we said it's something that we kind of like focus on is yeah. trying to maintain team value because if you don't maintain team value you can get caught out later on in the season but sometimes you have to absorb um, value and I haven't actually taken a hit yet this season I know you've been I mean, quite, con- quite conservative I think in my uh, in my transfers management yeah I mean you saw, so, we saw with your li- with the last man we've got to talk about from your team anyway Chris Lowe 
that you brought him in last last week and you brought him in just as a bench warmer effectively to use a transfer up and again it's kind of well didn't get a clean sheet did you but no that, that 1-1 with uh, Leicester not notable for too much uh Vardy Penn he's uh confirmed as penalty taker and probably confirmed as going into my team just to be I think I'm just going to chuck him in to be honest well what I was going to say actually about Jamie Vardy so he's um he's scored four already so far hasn't he but mm. I think um two of them were penalties so the, the stats are always terrible for Vardy though even in that fantastic year I mean he does offer a few things which I think are quite key one is scavenging he can get you a goal anywhere two is stamina so he'll play the whole 90 minutes Three is that he's nailed, and four is the penalties. I think all those things can come together. So I get an occasion, you know, every, once every two or three games, I'm going to get nine points, ten points, eleven points. I think that's probably maybe a bit better than Firmino, who doesn't seem to be attacking in the in the way that I want that's, him that's to be. That's fair enough, but I mean, he's only had eight shots so far, and only four have been on target. There's a chance every fifty-three point four minutes, and that's that's not great. You know, compare him to someone like Salah, who's had nineteen shots. 13 on target like yeah Salah and Salah hasn't even played every game he played like he's, he's missed about 90 minutes of football at least I think so um, yeah alright then well that rounds off the week let's uh, take a break and go on to the features who got the assist who got the assist so Tom have you met the anti-meta team uh, <laughs> yes I have <laughs> they have, yeah and they, they did well again 57 points one below the average for a one below so the far. average but still they had um, Antonio Valencia he got 15 points oh. in the defence saved their game week they've also got the likes of Anthony Martial who got a 6 point return with his late penalty yeah um, you know Jesus as captain 12 points Vardy 9 points so you know another good week Edison as well in golf 6 points yeah. so you know I think another good week for the anti-meta team despite having you know bench warmers essentially in the team like Sane and Martial yeah. like turning up and bringing their points they even benched Monreal he got 9 points just sitting on I, the bench I so uh, well, who are we going to what are we going to do I think uh, Jesus has to go doesn't he as he's uh, well, yeah I think he's, he's uh, breached a 10% uh, limit so maybe we'll have to take him out who we bring in I don't know. Can we do um, maybe someone like Lacazette or, or Welbeck? You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, Welbeck's injured actually. Or maybe, Welbeck maybe, out. maybe like Rooney or something like that. Could like, do I Rooney. Think, I mean, he's losing, losing owners. Nothing's bailing him out. I mean, he's got he's got a. Yeah, it just, it just feels a bit wrong with the anti-meta team doing so well to like yeah. just constantly just tarnish their performances, <laughs> try and sabotage them essentially. But then they continue to they uh, continue to deliver. It's like corporal punishment corporal to our punishment. teams, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I noticed there was one man who didn't start, uh, rocked up with one point, and uh, we're a bit disappointed about it, aren't we, Nick? I mean, I mean, we were devastated, and obviously we're talking about our man Alan Nyom. Yep. So, I mean, it's time for no much. So, Alan Yom, he came on in the 85th minute. He had four touches, one pass, one successful pass. He was mentioned in dispatches. 84th minute, came on for Kieran Gibbs. 90 plus four. Antonio got a yellow card for pulling Yom's shirt. This is Neon Watch. <laughs> Hashtag Neon Watch. That was a... Uh... It was a redacted watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, I don't know, Nick. If he doesn't play, I think we're going to have to have to come up with something else, aren't we, De- depressingly? I mean, maybe that is the point of this. The whole meta point of this was that Alan Yom had a ridiculous valuation of 5.0. And it might be that that's what uh, we have to swap to another player who fulfills those parameters as being a bit ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we talked about... 
uh, Eric Peters at the beginning yeah. of the season. He was another player we kind of balked at the price that he'd had a price rise. He was four point five last season. This year he was five point zero. So maybe we could do peering at Peters. Yeah, uh, Adam Smith at Bournemouth, the spectating Smith. <laughs> We've got uh, we got Fuchs in focus. Another idea. <laughs> Sounds like something from an Amsterdam bar. Uh, uh, glimpsing Gibbs as the as, as the uh, as the, the replacement or the Olsen Ogle. Yeah, the, the Olsen Ogle. Uh, we don't mean uh, Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> Uh, Olsen at Swansea we might do it we'll have to just see what happens keep keep an eye on it and uh, if it does come to it we'll do a community vote to see who we think should take up the mantle from uh, from Alan York we'll have a thing there's Holobaz as well he's another one. <laughs> oh dear me no no I, we ain't no Holobaz pod anyway um, that's not to this week's theme by the way <laughs> anyway um, so this week um, in FFS we spoke about the market forces Um as you might expect, a lot of it was fueled by a Paul Pogba's midweek injury. We gave you like the live stop press uh, last week. We were leaving leaving the office and saw that he'd been injured and ran back in to do that kind of initial take on it. Um, and obviously, the the resurgence of Manchester City has really impacted the market. Definitely, Sergio Aguero. Yeah, over, huge impact. Over one hundred ninety thousand new managers bring in uh, Sergio Aguero. Um, what's What's incredible was that he only had ten percent ownership for those goal uh, for those three goals and assist. Like, I don't think he's ever scored twenty points for such a low ownership, and I'm sure that's not going to happen again. Um, the impact has been on players like uh, Kane, players like Firmino, who have been derailed bandwagons. But what's really interesting, of course, we've spoken about it already, is the Kaku. 50,000 uh, managers have now sold the front man for Kuhn, despite the 12-point uh, the the uh, output uh, by the Belgian. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting that people... Kaku scored 5-5. Five five. Yeah, that hat-trick for Kuhn Aguero, people think, you know what, I'm just going to make that switch. Uh, that's... I think Lukaku is still rising, though. Luckily, otherwise, I think we'd all be a bit concerned. Well, I would. Because yeah, you would. I would probably, um, you probably wouldn't. I saw Deli Ali. It seems like he's got. He's starting to have a little bit of a fire sale, though. Yeah, um, yeah. Blanked. You got David. That's because of David Silver. I mean, you had people selling Pogba to go to Silver. You're quite a few people doing that. Um, but I think he again has come to the fore as being a kind of a, a presence of old who suddenly has sprung to new life in this year. I mean, the other thing to talk about in Man City. Uh, in terms of rises, um, because of David Luiz being sent off, is Otamendi, Mendy, who has now unbelievably risen. Uh, people have seen that he scored a goal and have, have got him in. Uh, yeah, I mean, Manchester City defence in general, it looks like we've got to start thinking about these guys, because obviously John Stones, he scored a brace in the uh, yeah, Champions yeah, League, didn't yeah. he? We've got Mendy and uh, Walker rocking up with assists. Yeah, did, you uh, see, uh, did you see Mendy's uh, tweet on Twitter? Like, oh, if they'll be playing up front soon. Uh, excellent. Yeah, what, what a yeah, joker yeah. that guy is. With Palace next, you know, like, yeah. obviously you've got to start thinking about these players. Yeah, um, the other thing that we spoke about is uh, obviously Mkhitaryan. Um, he's got free, over 300,000 new owners now. Um, last, uh, last game week, 185,000 people did the straight swap uh, from Pogba to his Armenian clubmate. Um, he's the only player to have risen 0.5 from his start price. Yep. Um, and he's only the second player to earn more than 1 million transfers in. The first is Ahmed Hagazi. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who'd have guessed that at the start of the season? Uh, other things that are going on, so you've got, you've got Gross. A lot of people were selling uh, Pogba for Gross. And as I was saying, that kind of movement seems to have obscured Richie to some extent. You've got Jamal Lascelles, who scored last week, 
more people brought in your man that uh, he's as hammers uh kieran clark and rob elliott then brought in the cells but now it seems like you know there are some wins there are some wins in the cells he's now he's now now bringing he's now uh, back in contention and there are quite a few people are swapping him for louise uh, lewitz as well um but obviously things are going to change a lot um i have wild cards and it looks like from looking at the community there are a few wild cards so that could swap things in in the future i think because you have new players with something a big ownership like Conaguero, uh, like like Lascelles, like players like that, who who, who uh, you know, the market could change. But yeah, that that's the market watch this Excellent. week. Thank you, Thomas, for that. Oh, sorry, um, it's, it's time for a psychology corner as yeah, well. And so. Um, so what's uh, on the table then this week? Yeah, so on the psychology corner. So it's a kind of a short one this week because we've been quite busy. But it's called the Semmelweis reflex, Nick. Um, it's something that was that sparked when I pulled a wild card on Saturday and started to put together the teams which uh, which were kind of odd for me because they were four three three. And obviously, you told me all season, uh, all the start of preseason, go four three three, go four three three. I've been resistant. Started three four three, thinking I knew best. Um, but you know, up until now, I wasn't really re-examining that belief, and I was kind of rejecting it to some extent. And that kind of rejection of new information has a name, and it's called the Semmelweis reflex. And it's named after a man called Ignaz Semmelweis, who was a Hungarian doctor who discovered that um, this is back in kind of the 19th century. Discovered that childbed fever mortality rates reduced when doctors washed their hands. And what was going on in those days was that doctors were going to do autopsies and then going straight to uh, see expectant mothers. Nice. And um, so they had all the cadaverous materials mm. on their hands. Grim. So he, he said, you've got to wash your hands with this chlorine solution, guys. You're going to save lives. The doctors of that time completely rejected that idea, um, believing for non-medical reasons, for example, that gentlemen, the gentlemen, the, the gentlemen. could not pass on uh, diseases to patients. They just didn't believe it. So they gave, they kind of rejected Semmelweis out of hand. Of course, he's now been proven to be true. But Semmelweis gives his name to that reflex to reject something which goes against your status quo. Um, and now, I guess it's something. It's now part. It's part of status quo bias. So you're kind of preference for the status quo which all humans share but it's completely true today um as i was saying earlier 433 it looks weird to me it looks unorthodox it goes against my beliefs yeah. so i guess to some extent i'm quite I a think, forward-facing agro manager for a long time you weren't really listening to me on this one <laughs> you thought you know next talking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking it. yeah but yeah, I, I think yeah. it's now the time i mean you have become the captain it's, exactly. it's one of those things where you're, you're paying attention to the bro code aren't you yeah, yeah I've, I've got i've got to listen to it i mean you are uh i think of you as, as yoda i think of you you're not a little in green you wear suits to work uh you're, you're broder effectively but yeah i mean that that's something that, that i've learned and hopefully something i can take on into to success with this with this new wildcard and there's an, art, there's an article on the website on game week six wildcard uh, recommend you check it out if you're thinking about doing it or indeed have do, done it and you're trying to feel better about yourself thank you Tom alright eye opening shall we take a break yeah let's take a break and then move on to uh, the community questions who got the assist who got the assist so we're back and it's time for the community section and um, so top of the uh, who got the assist mini league this week is Adrian Bentley with the 11 angry men and he scored 83 points Whoa. he's now up to 343 which is 21 points ahead of Scott Wolf, who's second so well done Adrian I mean I was looking at your team and the only players that blanked essentially were Abraham and Ericsson everyone else returned points he played Foster over Elliot Bertrand Alonso Klasnach very strong defence there Mkhitaryan Salah Gross Lukaku captain Jesus I mean what a team Ericsson and Abraham two other players 
who are very good assets, even though they blanked. So, I, I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic team. It's got a strong bench as well, actually, with Elliot, um, Carol, me, and Mbemba. So, yeah, decent team. I, I guess think... he set the challenge, and the challenge is accepted <laughs> by us, <laughs> yeah. and we'll have to see how we do. It's like know? an limp acceptance of a, of, a, of a challenge, but we'll do our best to... To, to get uh, get back up there. I mean, um, so this week we've got loads of, qu- loads of questions. Thank you very much, guys. Um, let's start with a question which is kind of the same from uh, Jabu, uh, FPL win back and FPL overthinker. Um, it's all kind of related to the front line. We've spoken to it about it a fair bit already. So Kane, Lukaku, and Agu- or Aguero, Jabu asks uh, at wing back says he'd like to hear our thoughts on. Uh, on uh, form versus fixtures about Kane, Lukaku and Aguero and Overthinker asks should I be swapping Kane or Kaku for Aguero? (laughs) I guess I kind of made the case for Lukaku earlier on in the pod to be honest like Lukaku has played every minute for Manchester United and I think he is definitely someone you want to hang on to and the same with Kane you know Kane is he I mean the problem with Kane though he's not getting many of his shots actually on target so I guess that would be a concern but you've got to have Tottenham coverage for their next um, fixtures because they've got such a a great few fixtures coming up with West Ham away you know Huddersfield home Bournemouth home Manchester City they've got Crystal Palace at home next though so I don't know I think it's just too much of a power front three I don't think that's affordable I don't don't think you can do all three I mean for me I've dropped Lukaku I think there is another point here actually so you said you know you've got to have some United covering if you've got Kane and you've got Mkhitaryan that comes to 21 million Uh, but if you've got uh, if you've got Ericsson who probably is the prime Spurs midfielder asset to cover in inverted commas Kane and then you've got uh, Kaku that comes 21.4 so that point four I've used elsewhere at the moment I'm worried about I'm not having Lukaku as we've spoken about and I think this will be a point of divergence from that one with me and Nick with Nick probably uh, laughing and saying lol at Tom uh, quite a lot well, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know about that we'll have to see um, Tack has asked us a question has the template led us to mediocrity <laughs> yes is the answer I mean we're sitting at uh, sitting at 2 million and 1 million each I mean congratulations to those managers who are absolutely killing it who have a podcast unfortunately it's not us well I mean we've got an anti-meta template <laughs> yeah. that's uh, been do, killing it we do have an anti-meta team and that was at 44k last week uh, now it's 130k we put that together in 5 minutes whereas the template team has obviously failed us completely. Yeah, I mean, Kane is just... He's just not delivering. And likes of Ali as well, not bringing any points. It's just yeah. a bit, it's a bit, been a bit disappointing all in all, I think. Yeah, so I think with the... with the It has this mediocrity. And I think that now with Game Week 6 and the fixtures turning, it's time for me, at least, to try to break the template and do something else. I mean, this leads on very nicely to Neil Gupta's question. Hi, Neil. Uh, he asks, if you are wildcarding, what will the top three differentials be? So uh, who are they? I mean... I think we've got to look at... I'd like to say that Sigurdsson's a differential. He's he's not someone people are looking at because of Everton being diabolical. But with Bournemouth home, Burnley home, Brighton away, you, 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 Sigurdsson's like an FPL darling, isn't he? He's, yeah, gonna, he he's definitely going to return some points soon, step up surely. That's it. Um, I think the second one, perhaps, is Matt Ritchie. I've spoken about him a few times, talked him up before the season, and obviously he's been slow to get going. Um, but I think that the assist potential is there, and plus he's on penalties. Um, which I think is, is very nice indeed. Um, perhaps, a, I don't know if you agree with this choice, perhaps a Manchester City fullback would be an interesting differential well, at this I, point. I, as well. I have Carl Walker. You've gone for Walker, I have, haven't you? I so. have Carl Walker, um, presumably because everyone loves uh, 
because everyone loves Mendy, I've just put Walker in. I don't know why. Um, I mean, the stats are pretty similar. It looks like there's a nice little connection with Aguero going on, though. He's got a couple of assists. Yeah, he was quite highly owned at the beginning of the season, but because of his red card, loads of people sold him, and people haven't really you know, drafted him back in, in their droves. So I think he offers... I think Otamendi seems to be the sort of no, choice no, at the moment, but no, we wouldn't agree with that. We, we we think your focus should be on fullbacks, attacking fullbacks that offer a lot of potential. Yeah. Someone like Alonso is a great shout, but I wouldn't describe him as a, a differential right no, now. No. So I've popped Walker in instead of Babis, who um, I guess yeah. was a differential at the beginning of the season, but isn't it? No, Babis isn't a differential, but I mean, Spurs' defence, in, all in all, is they've only conceded eight goals, which is, um, yeah. you know... Yeah, that's sorry, they've only um, had eight shots against them, actually, sorry. Really? Which is um, less than... Uh, Arsenal have conceded and Liverpool oh, have conceded. So. Yeah, okay then. Well, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know, I, I can't fit Babers in. Um, next questions, so they're kind of linked again. So, uh, Weebud on Facebook uh, asks, is Elliot enough cover for a goalkeeper? Well, you've gone for the two 4.0s, haven't you? So, you've got Elliot and you've got Speroni, but Speroni doesn't play. Speroni can just be anybody. If, but, he, if, um, if there was a 3.9 keeper, he'd be in, frankly. But it looks like Elliot's um, nailed on in, in goal for Newcastle. He's uh, he's done well. He's done well enough to, to keep his place. Yeah, and look to this uh, Chris Richmond on the Guff Group on Facebook. Hi, guys, again. Um, asked Newcastle defenders, is it is it just that we've played some poor teams, or has Rafa actually got us defending properly and I think that you know, if you look at the numbers you've got Elliot who's always on the cusp of bonus and he got the free saves last week he got bonus um, and you've got the defenders who seem to just the long ball stats for the defenders are really high so you've got kind of a Burnley-esque type defending going on like no nonsense defending which does seem to work I mean last year Burnley got 10 clean sheets I think it was with that same kind of defensive setup so it could be they're just, they're just yeah. having no nonsense just get rid of it and I, um, I heard on the Scoutcast actually the other day they were talking about Burnley last season the fact that Tom Heaton got a lot of bonus points because of the fact that the Burnley defenders weren't passing it around and, no, no and racking attention. up the, the bonus points, the baseline bonus. Mm. And this season, it's the same with Newcastle. So Elliot only made three um, saves in that other game. But because of those three saves, he also managed to get an extra bonus point as well. Yeah. So the fact that his uh, the team aren't passing it around means that Elliot's actually picked up more bonus. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was quite a fascinating stat that I heard yeah, on the scoutcast. Uh, that's an interesting one, isn't it? I think that's definitely true. That's why I've got Elliot... Um, but anyway, uh, next what next up is uh, Sarav. Uh, he asked, are, are Mourinho's tactics of starting off slow uh, with Mata and Mkhitaryan and then introducing pace towards the end of the game uh, going to be sustained? Is that going to be sustainable for the rest of the season? I mean, we spoke already, Nick, about the fact that Mourinho does tend to like getting goals early and then holding on to them. But there has been this tendency to introduce the martial types. I think that's what's been happening in the later on in the game with um, with Martial or whoever comes on Lingard. You know, suddenly these these teams just can't handle these super fast attackers coming on. That seems to be when all the goals come. There's like a glut of goals in the last few minutes of the game. And but even if the likes of Mkhitaryan only rock up at the end of the game and get their assist, then they're still getting returns it, it week in week out. Doesn't so matter. It doesn't matter. Get it, does it? I mean, I, I think that perhaps we we don't have the information uh, clearly, uh, Saraf, but. I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that Mourinho is trying to try trying to do to exploit the weaknesses. Once the opposition managers made their move to either try to get the uh, equaliser, which is all with Cumin, or like trying to preserve their players for the next game, and it definitely seems to be working. I mean, Manchester United of last season it was a bit of a awful season, one of many awful seasons. But I think he was trying to get rid get them out of the sort of Van Gaal 
defensive solidity of Van Gaal wasn't wasn't a great Manchester United manager, yeah, was he? And Mourinho full, fullbacks pass were instructed to pass it inside to the centre back. And, and what we saw with um, Mourinho when he was a Chelsea manager is he likes a solid. He likes to play the same team week in week out. And that's what he's been doing this season with Manchester United, with only a little bit of right, minor rotation. Rashford yeah. well, I think sometimes the, gets rotated, but the, the rest of the team, you know, Lukaku, uh, Pogba, when he was fit, Mkhitaryan, likes of Phil Jones, Eric Bailly, they're playing every game. Yeah, I think there's just been a general improvement there, hasn't there? General improvement. Yeah. Um, ne- next questions, uh, both related to Arsenal. Uh, one's from Lewis and one's from Andrew, both on Facebook. Uh, Lewis asks, Lacazette, is it worth sticking with him? And uh, Andrew asks, Aaron Ramsey, is it worth having him for the fixture turns, especially if you can't stretch to any other alternatives like Sanchez? Well, I've got Aaron Ramsey, and I think he's he's definitely a, a decent shower and a decent differential. He's, as I mentioned when I was talking about the 7.0 midfielders, he's actually top of the stats right now for those guys. Mm. Um, Arsenal have a, a great run of fixtures now with West Brom and Brighton at home and then Watford away. So I, I would say that Ramsey is, I mean, he's not necessarily someone we say, get Ramsey in, you know, we, no. you've got to get him in because he it doesn't offer too much in terms of attacking returns. But I think he definitely, he's potentially a good differential to have for the next yeah. few game weeks. And if you've got him, you're going to hold him. Exactly. I mean, imagine if you drew kind of like a graph and you had like a line across it. And the Vicky Mendoza diagonal, shall we say. Yeah. And you had shots and goals as both of the points. I mean, Ramsey would be kind of on the shots end rather than the goals end. But you'd still be hoping that he's going to spend a lot of the time in the opposition's half and be threatening. I think he'll do well for you, actually. I mean, he's, definitely, he's definitely been one of the most attacking Arsenal players, actually, yeah, in recent weeks. And Lacazette, I think, he keeps being with drawn it doesn't seem to be being played with Sanchez a lot he seems to be being played in place of Sanchez I want them to be playing together showing what they can do and then I'd be considering and I think Ozil as well he's very high actually for chances created but it doesn't seem like anyone's getting on the end of his chances and yeah. that is price point and you just it, can't really yeah, exactly. and he was injured last game he doesn't look, uh, he, he kind of doesn't look like he's Wants to be at the club, I suppose, too. So oh, not the old body language thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's, leave that, let's, leave, that, let's yeah. leave that one. So there. Um, the next question is from Reddit, and it's from Ben Bulban Mag, and he's asked us: Is it time to start looking at dumping Firmino, or would that be foolish with Manny back after Leicester and chances that Firmino will play centrally again? Well, I mean, I wouldn't really think about dumping Firmino. That's a bit of a gamble at this stage. I mean, it depends how many Liverpool assets you own because if you're doubled up with Salah. And your wild carding, maybe you might say, okay, maybe I'm not going to get him in. But you were thinking about putting him in the wild card, weren't you? And yeah, so- yeah. I think I think what I'll probably end up doing is not having Firmino, who I'm sitting on at the moment, because if I sell him, he'll cost one, not put one more to buy. But at the same time, um, I think that having Salah seems to be. Uh, the optimum route into Liverpool attack. He looks like the man, as we've said before. So yeah, def- I think definitely I'm on my wild card. I'm probably going to drop Firmino. If you're not on your wild card, persevere. I think until Mane gets back. Okay. Next question is uh, the idiots bots also on Reddit. Um, how many more weeks will you keep faith with a double Spurs attack, Nick? No, well, you got to look at the fixture run. West Ham away, Huddersfield um, away, Bournemouth at home. That's great. Three great fixtures. I'm tripled up. Um, well, I'm actually wildcarding in eight as well. So, I don't know. It's, um, we'll have to see how the next two games go, but I'm not going to sell any either Ali or Kane at this moment in time. I think Ali would have to be the man that goes if it's anyone. But um, it might be the, the wild card. I have to sell one. Um, in game weeks nine and ten, they've got Liverpool and then Manchester United. So, at that point, tripling up looks like it's not very sensible so someone will definitely have to go something will have to budge 
but um, not yet so probably three weeks yeah I guess the answer linked to that is Rizzo Robinson's question as well Um, what do we think about tripling up on players from the same team Um, can you make your game weeks more boom or bust well I think with Spurs for me this week was definitely a bust and Mm -hmm. unfortunately Davies didn't play if he did play I would have probably got nine points he got something out of it I think he would have at least assisted someone as well I reckon yeah he's looking like you know the the man there doesn't he isn't he to some extent well Um, um, it was actually Son that was um, playing wing back back. but he um, he actually had more shots than any other player in that game so you know like he was playing in the baby's role essentially so yeah exactly exactly but I mean with tripling up you always look like an absolute genius if it comes off and if it doesn't come off you end up looking a bit you end up feeling a bit sorry for yourself it's it's just one of those things that yeah you're right it can be a bit more bust Uh, Rizzo um, I'm at the moment in my wild card, I haven't tripled up on anyone. That's because there's no clear kind of like runaway team at the moment I think that's worth tripling up on. I think tripling up on attack is absolutely bonkers. If you're going to triple up, I think you've got to cover all the di- different positions. Yeah, like have, defend the midfield attacker. Game, yeah. But I think this is um, the first team actually all season that I've tripled up in. And yeah, it was a bust. So uh, we'll have to see how it goes going yeah, forward. That's cool. Uh, second season syndrome. Hi, mate. Um, he asks, who are the best wing backs to look at currently? Well, we've, we've well, kind of covered it already. Yeah, he also said, is it too late to join the Davies train? Well, he didn't play, so I don't think it's too late at all. He's still rising. He still looks like a, a good option in defence. I think the best wing backs, we've got Kolasinac and Alonso. We're the one, um, they're the ones we're looking at. But I think there's also... The, uh, the City boys and yeah. playing fullback really rather than wingback yeah that's uh, it I, I think probably with Davies he'll be back I wouldn't be too worried if you do own him if you don't own him and you do have that 5.8 to spare I would probably be looking at getting him in especially if you don't have any the space to go to Kolasinac or the space to go beyond that to the City boys um, so yeah I think that's definitely a uh, Definitely, uh, those are definitely the four, I think, options there. And finally, uh, Lucy Hynett. Hi, Lucy. Um, our Southampton expert on Twitter <laughs> um, asks us, are people being hasty with a big front three? Um, so this is in terms of people having Kun, Kaku and Kane, as we spoke about before. Or even Firmino, I think he would perhaps count. Because I think with Firmino, you have to end up having a 4.5 virtually in your first team tweet. Yeah, you've got, you got your Cole Norton kind of being the naked man in your team. You, you know he's there, but you don't really want to look at him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I think we, she makes a good point about Hazard and Sanchez being close to starts, but um, and Mane being and Mane as yeah. well. So I don't know. I don't think people are necessarily being hasty. I think midfielders in general have been slightly disappointing so far in terms of returns, apart from you know some of the cheaper ones like Mkhitaryan, who's really been you know an asset this season. Yeah, exactly. And um, thanks very much for all your questions, guys. Um, let's kind of move to the wrap up. The Nick. So I've obviously wild carded. Not sure what I'm going to do yet. But I'm fairly sure I'm going to be captaining one of the City boys uh, next week. Whichever City attacker I've got, uh, be it Kun or be it Heezus. I've got a sneaky feeling it might be Heezus. It could be his week next week. So it could be him. Uh, I'm just not sure. So for my team this week, as I already said, I've already made a move. I got rid of Jack Stevens before he fell. I brought in Kalasnach. Mm-hmm. Um the question is, am I going to take a hit for J-Rod? And I don't think I am, to be honest. I think I'm just going to keep that sexist keeper in my team for yeah. another another game week, another couple of game weeks before I wildcard in game week eight. Um, as for captain, I'm thinking still I might captain Harry Kane, actually. Yeah, for the early fixture against West Ham. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of a risk. Have be, to, it could be a have long to think about it. I think around. so, but I'm not sure what other options are there because I don't have a Manchester City player. That's the I problem. Know. Could so, you take a hit for one of those? 
Or I don't know, but someone have to go like Lukaku. It's, it's a tough one. It's yeah. a tough one, Tom. All right, we'll but, see how you go. Yeah, we'll see how we go. And uh, so the wag pick. Yeah, the wag picks this week. So uh, yeah. last week it was uh, Nicola. She picked Harry Kane, and that uh, didn't obviously didn't go very well. Uh, yeah. This week, I think what we what we might do is we know we have players who aren't in our teams as part of the wag pick to make sure we're not always doing the same thing as you know, it was. Okay. Cool. So I think this week uh, for Spurs, I think maybe Ericsson can be the can be the first pick for Sarah. Uh, maybe Mkhitaryan as the as the Man United pick, and how about Manchester City pick as well? Uh, d- uh, no, I think maybe Kevin De Bruyne or David Silva because or um, okay KDB if you want. Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne again to make as uh, make an appearance. Yeah, Ginger okay. Kev. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a legendary week for Manchester City. <laughs> yeah. And well, maybe I'll be lawyered when, when, uh, when yeah, I don't have any and you have to do that intervention we talked about. Yeah, but, uh, yeah exactly. Anyway, I think who, who got it? I think it's FPL Virgin. So congratulations to FPL Virgin who got the theme last week, which yeah. of course was the streets. It was indeed. Geezers need excitement. We got a lot of excitement from that. A lot of sharp darts were thrown in that particular in the particular pod there. Uh, yeah, but um, we are who got the assist. Our website is www.whogottheassist.com our twitter handle is at wgta underscore fpl the league code 1538 and uh, we'll be back in game week 6 to hopefully reflect on my amazing wildcard which has popped me back into contention and uh, I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> Nick, but yeah. we'll see we'll have to see All good right. luck anyway thanks guys um, we hope this assists you take care oh it's a goal who got the assist who got the assist Podcast Network.